Hollywood is in turmoil as SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, has joined the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, on strike. Let's break down this unprecedented situation and what it means. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. In this movie news episode, we're actually going to break down everything we know about the new WGA and SAG strike that's going on in Hollywood, what it means for the industry. There's still a lot of information that's not completely out there, but we've done a lot of digging, spoken to some people, so we have a pretty good breakdown of what exactly is happening, why SAG joined the WGA, and why the WGA needed SAG to join to help combined forces to really put up a fight against the studio system at the moment it's just like a really crazy chaotic situation this has not happened since 1960 so it's almost six it's more than 60 years the last time both unions joined together it's, it's so long that ronald reagan was the president of sag not the, the president last, the of president. sag <laughs> the last time they striked it's wild and we broke down we, we figured out what exactly the wga wants what the studios are rejecting and and some compromises the studios want the WGA to make. Now, also it's SAG because SAG's the, yeah, the new, yeah, the new exactly. factor here. So I would love to talk about SAG first because we've done a whole episode on the WGA and we'll get to that eventually. But SAG is the new addition to this massive Hollywood strike. So because WGA, they've been striking for 75 days strong. And we have some friends in there. We did an episode again with a captain in the WGA. And so we'll go over those demands in a, in a moment. But I would love to talk about the SAG demands first, if that's cool. Absolutely. And I think... Real quick before we talk about the demands, the reason I think the big catalyst for SAG joining, they were talking about joining for a while since June, but it was it was really like that that news story that came out where four days ago where the studios were came out as saying we're gonna wait until the writers can't afford rent anymore until until they can't even pay for their apartments. It was an anonymous studio yeah. executive, and then and then I it was literally the next morning SAG struck. You know what I mean? So I think it was just like the studio execs were like. We're going to wait until they're starving and desperate, so, so they need to make a shit deal to be able to get through this. And then SAG was like, screw this, F you, we're going to join them. I think I, that's what it was. And also, I think the studios really overplayed their hand, thinking that they could turn the writers against the actors and think that, oh, the actors, they'll sign their deal, they want to get paid, but not realizing that people are going to get together and work together to make sure the people who really need to pay their bills every month, the, the giggers, the jobbers, the people that depend day to day on these productions, you know, not an actor that's making 20 million a year, but most of Hollywood is made up of 95% of actors and, and talent that aren't making millions of dollars a year that are trying to pay their rent, trying to feed their families. And then, you know, they depend on these productions that are, aren't guaranteed. You know, there a lot of them are working for day to day rates and then, now they can't work and they're getting crap deals. They're no longer getting the residuals that they were because streaming has changed everything so much where, you know, TV show advertising on network television for the last 80 years, you're getting residuals. We talked about all the different strikes that were involved with residuals. Every time technology changes, there is a strike with the WGA. Usually, you know, it happened with the when we were moving from TV to streamers back in 2007 to an extent, as well as when TV when movies were going to TV back in the 1960s and 70s. So every time there's a new kind of distribution with technology, the WGA strikes. But for the SAG to strike at the same time, it's an incredible moment of solidarity between the people who actually make all the money, all the movies and TV and programs that all the studios make bank off of. Exactly. And so at the moment, so many productions have shut down. 
there's a bunch of major film productions that just shut down. Dead Reckoning Part 2 for the Mission Impossible franchise. Gladiator 2. Deadpool 3. Juror number 2. Venom 3. So many numbers in these titles. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch and Brad Pitt's Formula 1 movie. They all just stopped production. And on top of that, since SAG is striking, actors can no longer promote their films. So the red carpet press tours for global press tours for Oppenheimer Bar and Barbie have absolutely shut down. So all the actors have left. Exactly. They're, they're joining so, the so they cannot promote their films. And then uh, Blue Beetle, which had a huge press tour set up for August, is pausing its press tour. So no, there will be no promotions for Blue Beetle, as well as any other major films coming out. So there will be no, mo no more red carpets. Also, the Venice Film Festival and Toronto Film Festival are upcoming in the next two months. There will be no celebrities attending the red carpet festivals uh, circuit at all. So, unless they unless make a they, deal. Unless they strike a deal. So on top of that, Comic-Con panels have been canceled for Dune Part 2. Marvel is no longer doing their big Hall H presentation, which is an annual thing at Comic-Con. Uh, the Continental has canceled their panel. The Wheel of Time has canceled, has canceled their panel, as well as a, a slew of other smaller TV shows and movies. So Comic-Con is going to be very bare bones this year, uh, next year, I mean, this upcoming August, I believe. And so it's just a kind of just crazy situation where Hollywood has is just at a halt. And it's not just California. It's not just America. This is a global situation. America movie, is national. No, yeah, but yeah. I mean, movies are getting made exactly, in the yeah. Hollywood system all yeah, over the world. Exactly, so it's yeah. people all over the planet are affected yeah. by this. But it's not unions in other countries. Yes, those yeah. are de those are separate from SAG and WJ. But These a movie just, that's a Hollywood movie being shot in Europe, exactly. being shot in Africa. Gladiator is an example. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, but but this affects American workers only. So, I actually looked into. What the WGA wants and now, so SAG joined because they're just backing up WGA and they want to, like you said, with solidarity, stand up against the studios. They, they also have demands as yeah, well. So, so SAG has demands. Do you want to get into the SAG demands? Yeah, or we can, again, we've, we've done WGA. We'll get to it, but I want to get the new stuff out sure, there because we, we, I think everyone knows the WGA stuff for now. So SAG's demands include increased p minimum pay rates, increased streaming residuals, neither of which have kept up with inflation and improved working conditions, as well as royalty payments, which are contingent on the number of shows reruns, are no longer reliable. Streaming, which has shifted to shorter seasons over longer periods of time, has made less work available for, to actors. And union, me union members want guarantees from studio and production companies about how exactly artificial intelligence will be used. They want to protect their likeness and make sure they are well compensated when any of their work is used to train AI or used with AI. And a big thing that's happening right now with the SAG situation is this release of information that studios want to start creating AI extras and background actors basically by having an actor or someone come in scanning their body and then they can forever, whenever they make a production for a TV show or movie, they can create artificial intelligence background actors that are just there that are body scan humans but they don't have to digitally create them really and it's a really scary situation because i'm sure a lot of people if they get paid hey we'll pay you five thousand dollars to scan your body for for this are you gonna do it? a lot of people probably would because they need the money especially if they're just a gigging actor or or someone in the sag that's not making a ton of money it's a tough paycheck to pay 
to turn down, I'm sure, if it was a good one. And being an extra, it's, most of the time, it's non-union for the most part. Like and it's day-to-day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, day sometimes work. it'll yeah. work for a week. Sometimes it won't work for a month. Sometimes it'll work for two months straight. Depends on if you're on a TV show or on a mm-hmm. movie and you're only in specific scenes. So if you're a recurring background extra, there are some extras that are constantly working on productions and maybe a different show every single day, but not a ton. And it's not a consistent and steady job, really. And on top of that, it could it could pose this problem where people who aren't actors they could just do it just for some money yeah, some quick cash I mean. and then the studio would never have to even work with ac- actors as extras it could it would just be random people um who do all sorts of jobs but like oh i can get scanned for like five grand and yeah if it's five grand yeah, yeah how much or whatever like for a thousand bucks and and disney will own me my image yeah what i don't want to be an actor whatever it's a quick paycheck so it, they, it could just be like a, a bunch of people who aren't even actors or want to join the industry could do that. So that's a big problem because a lot of up-and-coming actors, they get by just by doing the day job and extra work. It pays like a buck fifty for a day, sometimes a little more. So they really depend on that to be able to support themselves while trying to become actors. Yeah, and you got to get on sets if you really want to be an actor. It's tough. Mm-hmm. So, And I got some great information. This is from Time Magazine. So this is going back. The SAG strike, this was it, this was coming. For the last two months, it's been brewing. And I think Anthony was right when he said that the recent statements by the anonymous CEO of a studio saying that we're just going to wait for everyone to lose their homes, that was kind of the tipping point for the SAG after. Now, on June 5th, nearly 65,000 of the approximately 160,000 members that make up SAG after approved a strike authorization with a 97.91% yes vote. The union includes actors, dancers, DJs, puppeteers, recording artists, singers, stunt performers, voiceover artists, and other media professionals. It's not just actors. A lot of different types of talents fit into SAG. Then two days later, SAG-AFTRA entered negotiations on its agreement with the AMTP, including Amazon, Apple, NBC, Universal, Disney, ABC, Fox, Netflix, Paramount, CBS, Sony, and Warner Brothers. And on June 30th, the contracts between the two were extended, expiring at midnight this past Wednesday, which obviously led to Thursday morning this past week, was the big meeting between with SAG to decide whether or not they're going to officially strike. So they couldn't work out a deal. The AMPTP said they offered SAG an unprecedented deal, in their opinion, in terms of uh, an unheard of increase in percentage of profits is what they worded it in the last 35 years. But I'm sure that's just their perspective compared to what SAG wants in general. And also, so they, they, they also want WGA to get a good deal, too. It's like, it's like they don't want to just take a nice deal and then bounce from their strike and leave WGA in the wind by themselves. You know exactly. what I mean? So I think that's one of the greatest parts about this strike is it's in solidarity. It's not just like, yeah. all right, the actors are going to get what they want. Yeah. The writers, they'll figure out their, their money for the rest for eventually. Because I've, and all the big celebrities that I've seen talk about the strike in the last couple of days, they, they are talking about the WGA and how and they want the writers to get a good deal too. So it's, it is in solidarity. And in terms of what the writers want, I, I finally found exact, the exact numbers for what the WGA is asking from studios. So how much money does the WGA want an increase for payment? So well, so when we did our episode yeah. with Christina, mm-hmm. who is a WGA captain, she said, what was it, 2% of profits? 2% an increase in profits. And, and so I have the actual numbers, which is absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, so the Guild revealed to its members through an email that their proposed deal would cost the studios an estimated $430 million every year of increases. Now, this is for all of Hollywood. This is for all of the studios 
to pay this as a group, as a collective. And so this is very modest compared to the billions and billions that the industry generates annually from profits from the box office and other aspects of their profiting. And so the memo was broken down by DG, the DGA leadership. They broke down how much it would cost annually for each studio to pay the writers. So it's for the deal that the, yep. that the writers want. The, so this is the increase that the writers want. So it would cost Disney $75 million extra per year. It would cost Netflix $68 million extra per year. It would cost Warner Brothers Discovery $47 million extra per year. It would cost Paramount $45 million. It would cost NBC Universal $34 million. Amazon $32 million. Sony $25 million. And then Apple TV $17 million. And that's just an extra per year annual payment to the WGA. So when you look at the numbers... It's shocking how small it is. Like Disney can afford an extra. What does Disney make a day out of dude, as a corporation? They can afford an extra seventy-five million dollars per year to pay the writers what they want. I mean, Apple can afford seventeen million dollars per year to pay the. It's when you look at the actual numbers. Yeah, a lot of people have iPhones. Yeah, it's it's absurd. And so, um, for perspective, in terms of its profit income, Netflix would only if so if the studios paid this new annual. Um, uptick in money to the WGA, Netflix would only lose 0.1% of its income. Warner Brothers would only have to lose 0.108% of its income. And same thing with Disney. It's 0.2% of its income. Not even a percentage. We're talking about a percent of a percent of their income in order to uh, pay what the WGA wants. So the WGA is not even asking for that much. And, and to contrast this, Bob Iger came out uh, he had a big interview on TV talking about everything that's going on and as, as well as Disney's future. And Bob Iger said, it's very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces in this business and all the challenges we're facing, the recovery from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and to be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. We managed as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the Directors Guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this business. We wanted to do the same thing with the writers, and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic, and they are adding to the set of challenges that this, that this business is already facing. Quite frankly, it's very disruptive. Now, it's hard to understand where Iger is coming from with that argument, saying that the demands are unrealistic when all that Disney has to shell out is an extra $75 million per year. Um, he got a lot of flack for his comments, and even some Wall Street execs said that was that it was pretty un, unsavory what he said about the about Hollywood. Wow, Wall Street says yeah, that. Wall, Wall Street <laughs> called out Bob Iger. So that's really saying something. I think that there's still some things we don't know about what's going on negotiation wise, but if that's the if those are the real numbers for just the numbers of the 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 money that WGA wants, to me that sounds absolutely absurd that they won't take that offer. I mean, think about let's just stay on Disney for a moment. They spent four hundred million dollars on their Indiana Jones movie, which you didn't have to spend that much money to make an Indiana Jones movie, and that's made it hasn't even broken three hundred million dollars at the box office, so they spent an absurd amount of money that they're going to lose two hundred million dollars on easy. Uh, less than half of that loss would have paid for the WGA for the entire year for Disney. Not to mention, Little Mermaid was a poor performer at the box office as well as what else did they come out with this year that was 
Elemental. Elemental is a strange bomb. world. So, so they probably spent what almost over a billion, two billion, yeah. do- close to two billion dollars yeah. on these five movies they came out with this year, and they probably lost. A billion. Half of that. <laughs> Easily. They didn't make any profit on any of those movies. I don't even think The Little Mermaid ended up turning a profit because Not that I it know was of. successful. It was like $400 million. But again, that was like a $250 million, $300 million movie. You need to make six, $700 million to turn a profit. So they lost money on all these massive, huge budget films that are costing $300 million to make a movie every time you make a movie. One movie every time. You can't make it for fifty mil. Nope. You can't make Indiana Jones for fifty million dollars. They only make this. Put Harrison problem. Ford yeah. in a goddamn cave. That's the movie. Boom. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need to do. But they have to spend three hundred million dollars on a movie that they know is gonna fail and does fail, but they can't pay the WGA. So it, so what's happened with the studio system is they've gone and we've talked about this, they've gone from com- mixing between big budget movies and mid tier and low budget movies to only focusing on big budget movies because when they make a movie, they're like, we want to make a billion dollars. If you want to make a billion dollars, you get to spend a lot of money. And so they've just completely just uh, caved to that notion of we're only making movies that can make a billion dollars. And so when they fail, they fail big time. And that's a, pro- that's a major problem because they've completely eliminated the mid-tier budget from their production slate. Warner Brothers is still making some mid-tier movies, but Disney is really just... It has to be at least a hundred million dollar budget under in, their Disney umbrella because exactly. they have Hulu, they have Twenty Century Studios for sure. Yeah. So they make a lot of mid. Technically, they own everything basically yeah. that comes out in theaters. <laughs> so that just shows you how much money Disney has because it's not just Disney. Disney owns Hulu. They own Twentieth Century Studios. Yeah. They own a massive money making machine. They are one of the big one of the biggest corporations in the United States and the world. And they can't pay seventy five. One of the biggest media corporations on the planet, yeah. if not the probably the biggest. For media, it's number one. Yeah, yeah. For media, how much money do they make just off toy sales and merchandise a day? Fifty two billion a year on merchandise. A, a year, some merchandise. Yeah. yeah. So they they make money. Um, yeah, they make that. You, they could, make money. you could say that. You could say they make money. <laughs> um, so and it's complicated because what's what's even more complicating is the advent of the social influencer people like us. People like maybe your favorite TikTokers who talk about movies, people on Instagram and Twitter. We call them film fluencers. Film fluencers and people who have YouTube channels. So this is a new aspect to media. This is a new aspect to promotion uh, that has just really – it's still in its infancy in a way. And it has not. And the problem is there's been a lot of confusion the last few days about content creators and what they can and can't do. Are, is promoting a film bad? Is it – are they – being called scabs there's a lot of misinformation out there don't believe everything you see on twitter don't believe everything you see on tiktok um ultimately from from what i've seen and then sag finally came out with some clarity as well as talking to people in the wga exactly so if you're a content creator if, if like if someone is calling your favorite content creator a scab that's absolutely unnecessary so a scab and uh, during a strike is someone who is part of the union. So a scab would be someone who is part of the WGA and they accept work during the strike. So it could be, uh, if, a, if so, say there's a writer and right now maybe they take a job by a studio to write something, they would be called a scab. That's scabbing. If you're not part of the union, you're not. A, it's impossible for you to be a scab because you're not taking work from people who are in the union. And also being a content creator, whether it be like someone on TikTok who talks about movies, upcoming movies, new trailers, new stuff, they are not being a scab by still talking about the industry and still talking about movies because they're not taking work away from someone. So it is a gray area if like 
if they were taking a job away from an actor or taking a job away from a writer during the strike, that could be seen as troubling, even if they aren't part of the union. But uh, content creators are have always been working um, alongside actors and like alongside the producers of movies and promotional movies. So if they're still, they can still do what they're doing because they're not taking work away from people who are striking. That's the whole point of a scab is these people are striking. They're in solidarity to not get paid and to not work. And if you take work from from their position while they're striking, that's scabbing. So it's it's completely inaccurate to call people on social media a scab for talking about Oppenheimer, for talking about Barbie, for talking about a new trailer that came out. It has nothing to do with the union. They are if you're if you're not part of the union, you're not a scab. It's an, it's an impossibility. So we just want to clear that up. So like. People like Juju, Straw Hat Goofy, people like George, people like Cinema Joe, like all these great content creators on social media, they're not doing anything bad by just continuing their process of what they do to make a living. Plus, we're all shedding light on what's happening, that which is an important thing as well. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you're going to call someone like a, that a scab, direct that at yourself because what, you're not going to watch movies and TV until this is over? You're not going to pop exactly, on Netflix? Yeah. You're not going to pop on Disney? I'm sure they were probably watching something on Netflix while they were commenting, you're a scab, how could you yeah. streaming things? How could you do something like this? And then put, they'll put on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're watching, like, so are you not going to do it at the same time? It's, it's, But it's an interesting situation, especially for content creators, podcasts like us, film influencers, other people like that, because there's going to be a trickle-down effect. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to start affect what we do as a podcast. Like, I mean, we're already changing up movie news. I mean, we're not talking about any upcoming trailers or movies that are coming out. We're strictly talking today about SAG and the WGA and the strike that's happening in Hollywood. So we're all playing it by ear. And, of course, we're still going to be talking about movies on our show. Oh, yeah. We're still going to review old movies like we always do and talk about movies that are coming out eventually and so it's it's one of those situations where like you said it is a gray area and it's important to disassociate people that aren't in a union you know paying your union dues part of this protective agency and in a, a group that ensures that you can survive while while we're not on strike that you get paid that you're protected from the studio system and now i think it's important to if we're going to talk about movies to also talk about the strike and constantly keep bringing it up and give people information, which a lot of people know they're not getting the right information. They yeah. think that, Oh, we're, we're, we're going against the student. We're going against the actors and writers right now. We had someone on WG on our show. We're doing an entire episode right yeah, now on SAG yeah. and the strike and supporting. We're going to hit the picket lines this week during on Tuesday or Monday. So we're going to be there on the front lines with everybody else. But yeah. it's a, it's a slippery slope for a lot of these content creators and just know like, they're just trying to do what they do to make their living as well, and they're not in the union. And But there is a gray area in terms of there's there was a lot of reporting about so people who might so people who eventually want to join a union, they might have to walk on eggshells right now. Now, SAG is much more strict than the other unions, but there was a lot of in, unclear information coming out. So what it was initially being reported is that. So say like someone was a TikToker talk, and they talk about movies, but they're aspiring to be an actor and like their aspiration is to become a, a film or TV actor. They'll, need, they'll want to join the SAG guild eventually. What was coming out was if you want to be a member of SAG in the future, you can't do anything in terms of talking about movies at all or else it will be called – it will be called scabbing, and or, or and then the SAG will will never accept you to the union if you if you're like talking about movie in this in, during this period. 
that's been kind of debunked in a way. Um, and the same thing for people like us. We want to be filmmakers. Eventually, we would want to join the WGA and the DGA, the Directors Guild, hopefully sometime in the near future. And there is a tricky situation where we're still getting clarity from people inside the guilds about what exactly we can do. Now, we've been told that you know running the podcast is totally fine. But in terms of things that would be deemed considering considered uh, that would be deemed promoting a studio in this time and also prom- being paid by a studio for things, um, that's kind of could be a tricky area. So unless you agree made an agreement with beforehand. that studio before the strike. So yeah. for example, we filmed interviews with Ice Cube in the cast of Ninja Turtles, which comes out in August three weeks ago and you know we have an agreement with paramount to release that content and release those interviews so that's something that we did that in june yeah before the strike before sag was even really fully in that realm yet the negotiations were happening but no one thought that there was actually going to be a strike so that's an agreement we made with paramount three weeks ago four weeks ago when we did that so that's something that we have to release and i hope people understand the difference between us doing that three weeks ago and being under obligation yeah. to do that and keep, the, to keep our reputation. And the unions and guilds have come out saying if there's a uh, an agreement made before the strike, it's it's absolutely paramount that you release it. You don't want to break your agreement. You want to break a contract. So for anything that was agreed upon or um, you were contracted for before the strike, it's 100% good to come out with it still post-strike. But then on top of that, there's an issue where um, it could be tricky where we ourselves might not be able to in the future go to early screenings, go to premieres, and accept paid work from studios. Because sometimes like we get paid jobs like four or five times a year from a studio promoting like a new TV show or a new movie, and they'll pay us to make some video content about that said project. I wish it would happen more often. Yeah, I wish it happened more often. <laughs> but right now, going forward... And we're going to get some more clarity this week from, from someone who knows better than um, Twitter. <laughs> uh, we might have to forego accepting any kind of job like that while the strike's going on because it would be deemed supporting the studios. Um, taking paid work from the studios during the strike might be like – it's not exactly – it's not like it's legal. You know, we're, it, we still are not members of the union, but it could be looked upon by the union as – not cool, no bueno, like not very good. So we're kind of like in, an, in a weird situation ourselves as uh, event, as people who aspire to be part of the WGA and who aspire to be part of the DGA. Um, so we're going to find out more information. And at the moment, like the, what's really the biggest thing is it's n- not much information has specifically been spoken about publicly. There's We're still waiting for written rules written guidelines and and official announcements from SAG and and from WGA regarding content creators. There's really nothing out there in the ether that is like legit 100%. This is what can be you can do, this is what you shouldn't do uh, as a content creator. So at people in our situation, we're kind of in like this murky gray area where we still aren't really sure what exactly we should be doing, what exactly we shouldn't be doing. But we do know that Talking about movies um, is okay. Like we just released a uh, review of Twelve Angry Men. Stuff like that is totally fine. But it's in regards to promoting upcoming stuff, 
and getting paid by studios to promote things, that is where there could be a big issue. And I think one of the biggest questions on people's minds is how long is this going to last? I mean, the WGA, I feel like people may have forgot they've been on strike this whole time. 75 straight days hitting those picket lines, not getting paid, not accepting work, not working. The WGA has been on strike for months now. Now that SAG is joining them in solidarity, how long will this dual strike last? And obviously, they both have to strike their own deals in their own ways, but they're supporting each other, which is great to see. And so in terms of how long it could last, no one knows. It could be a week. It could be months. It could be until next year. I mean, no one really knows. It's indefinite. It all depends on when they go back to the negotiating tables. This is why the strike happens, because they've been negotiating. SAG in the studios have been negotiating for the last month, since June. They've been trying to figure out a deal. They had they went federal. They had a third-party mediator try to come in and figure out their deal. Didn't work out. And that's why by Wednesday night, when the contract expired for SAG, Thursday morning, they had their meeting in the morning. We're going on strike. Uh, union-wide strike. Everyone's, everyone's joining. And you basically have to. It's, but no one knows... When's it going to end? And there's, there seems to be right now, there's maybe no end in sight. Months and months. And how long will studios want to bleed? They've been bleeding so much the last two years from massive box office losses with these huge movies. Do they want to keep bleeding more money? And especially when you have something like, like Dunes coming out this year. Does Warner Brothers really want to release Dune without sending their cast their incredibly famous and beautiful cast around <laughs> the world to promote their movie for for Dune for yeah. because this Barbie and Opp- project. Barbie and Oppenheimer got like a week of press. Barbie got plenty of press. Yeah. Barbie's good to go, and yeah. Oppenheimer's good to go too. They, they did had, plenty of red they carpets. They had their France and yeah. London premieres, and they had the red carpets just ended the other day. But but, but the Barbie and in Oppenheimer, they they don't even need the premieres. Yeah, they like they, I mean, yeah. the the carpets. They there've been so much social media promotion online for those two movies that you didn't even need it. So mm-hmm. they have the fortunate situation of that for those studios to make that money back hopefully in the actors and obviously directors but oh and i'm sorry in terms of press if you see in the future like the next couple of weeks and maybe months for upcoming movies and you see like maybe interviews with actors keep in mind that oftentimes press things like not red carpets but interviews are done far in advance sometimes so if you see like a video of like zendaya in an interview with like the Hollywood Reporter or something talking about Dune, she might have filmed that last month or even a couple of months ago. So if you see in the future, there was there's going to be content of like what, us with Ninja Turtles, yeah, exactly. There's going to be content that is basically promotional promotion for films. If you see actors in promotional content, they most likely filmed it and recorded these interviews way before the strike happened. So don't let if if you see Zendaya or or for anything else promoting a movie. In like a interview type setting or press in like any or like a photo shoot magazine photo shoot they did it before the strike yeah because when you're in the union you have to strike it's part of the rules you are prohibited as an actor or part of the union from taking any new work including promotion or publicity for projects that you may have already done i mean they filmed that a while ago yeah and, they wrapped um two months ago but i mean yeah. warner brothers they have to promote blue beetle yeah. they put 250 million dollars into another superhero movie and they and Sholo, Sholo Marinduena, the, the lead actor who's playing Blue Beetle, came out the other day in a video saying, I'm, I'm not going to do the international press tour until I'm not promoting this movie until, yeah. you know, SAG yeah. figures this out or and yeah, the and series that, figures this out. Yeah, that's a great example because he won't be doing red carpets. He won't be doing press junkets, but I'm sure they already have 
a good amount of content of him promoting the movie. That we did content with yeah. him two months ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that they've already done like during filming, like you know, like on set interviews, yeah, stuff like that. Photo shoots, they they're done pretty far in advance because that movie comes out in August. So like, think about Warner Brothers. They have a superhero movie that they invested two hundred fifty million dollars in. They have Dune coming out. That they invested two hundred fifty million dollars yeah. in. And they can't promote these. How long are studios like Warner Brothers and Disney, Netflix, Amazon, are they willing to lose even more money because they won't pay the people who make these movies and TV shows? How much are they willing to keep bleeding after investing even so much money in projects that they can't try to get a return on investment on because they can't promote it? They can't send their actors around the world to get press and media and coverage of of everything that's coming out. So... They have to figure something out if they want these movies to do well. And, of course, they want people to go see Blue Beetle, and they want people to go see Dune, and they want people to go see Oppenheimer. But they got to figure this out because they're going to bleed so much more money. And with those numbers you brought up earlier, they don't really have to pay that much money. In terms of what they have and what they make on an annual, quarterly, weekly, daily basis— Disney, Apple, Netflix? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And and they Disney, have oceans yeah. of money. And also on top of that, you have the fall and winter movie season, which is always b- big time. And Disney has a lot of big projects coming out. They have Haunting in Venice. They have Haunted Mansion next month. That's right. They have The Creator. Because they, they own 20th Century. It's a 20th Century production. So, so they, more $200 million movies. Yes, the Creator. Then The Marvels comes out in November. They don't. Um, they they want to promote that. They have an, a big animated film called Wish. They put a lot in, um, and then some some winter stuff that is still yet to release any trailers and stuff. But they they have a lot of big projects coming out in the fall and winter that they're not gonna want to forego promotion with celebrities. So I think that that's a good sign that they might be forced into striking a deal, hopefully before the fall starts. I think that I think the studios underestimated or overestimated their hand and thought they could play the writers against the the actors and they didn't foresee the possibility of SAG joining the WGA. And I think that they just realized a massive mistake they made. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit of their profits they have to give up, not in terms of how much they make a year. And I think they they greatly overplayed their hand because obviously this hasn't happened in 60 years, Mm -hmm. something like this. And it's just... Everything's changing so fast with technology and AI and the infusion of new distribution. That's what's leading to all these strikes, really. You know, we talked about in the WGA strike what it meant when we did that episode. And again, every time there's a new change in technology when it comes to distribution and now when it comes to actors and people on camera and writers and how AI is going to be used and is being used for sure to write stories because half of the shit sounds like... (laughs) It was AI written, then they hired some humans to put some soul back into that story because uh, <laughs> AI wrote that. I mean, Disney with the the, the Sam Jackson Marvel show, the Nick Fury Secret show, invasion. using AI to do their opening sequence. That's Rather just than, the start. Yeah, yeah they, they said it as an excuse, like, oh, it fits the theme. It's like, no, you just like, didn't, you didn't want to pay $5 million for a company to do it. So you just had an AI yeah. person do it. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I, I, I hope they do a deal soon because... Obviously, we love movies. We love TV. We would love to keep talking about new stuff, and we wanna we wanna go to events for Dune. We wanna go to events for all these movies because yeah. they're super fun. And I, it's still important to like. So I think with content creators, it's important for them to still promote promote movies because 
we need to still go to the movies. We're not necessarily promote, but just yeah. talk about. Yeah, them talk still. about them. We still need to like go to the movies. We and we, we you want Oppenheimer to do well so that like movies like that um, perform well, so that movies like that can keep getting made. You know what I mean? So I think it's still important to go to the movies and support the artists um, and their creations, um, but also, I, mean, I, I it's just it's a tricky situation. It's a tricky like Blue Beetle, like a lot a lot of Latino creators are like this is a big deal for us yeah this, this is like our first latino superhero like we need as many people to see this as possible for it to get a sequel and for more movies like that to get be, to be made with someone like that in the lead role like we can't it can't fail so they're it's it's great because a lot of them they're like i'm i'm taking it upon myself and others like me to promote this movie to get people to see it because the cast can't promote it so it's important for us to still go to the movies and see the films. If you want movies to survive. Yeah, exactly. This is probably a worse situation than COVID. I mean, COVID, they were figuring it out. They were going to go to streaming, and once everything started to be safer, go back into productions. But this is, I think, scarier because if studios just lose so much money next year, they're not going to be able to fund new the projects that we really want to see, in my opinion. I wouldn't say it's scarier because there was, I mean, during COVID, there was no idea... People didn't think there would ever be movie theaters again. I mean, well, I'm not talking about movie theaters. I'm talking about movies getting made in general. No, but the same thing. Like, I think it was scarier. Of like that was we were like, is the is the film industry gonna never be the same again? I guess you're right. It's, it's just so, been it's so bad, long, but it's, it's been so long since it's not worse. Headspace. Yeah, it's not worse. It's comparable. It's it's terrible. Comparable. Yeah, it's, it's comparable. Yeah, but it's not worse. That's like it was a uh, nobody thought the future of cinema could survive. Then. Then Top Gun Maverick came yeah, out. Then, baby. then Top Gun came out. <laughs> Believe in movies again. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Gotta get the Top Gun reference in there. Gotta. But it is absolutely like a, a horrible situation and it's gonna have major effects going forward, like the ripple effects on this. And then I mean, this is just another strike and crazy situation, and we're gonna see this again in like another fifteen years when technology changes even more so. So that's imp this is why unions need to be need to exist and why strikes need to happen to protect the workers and protect the workforce. It's pretty wild, man. This is unprecedented, and I hope they can figure it out because if you're in the WGA, you have not been getting work for almost three months, three months now almost. And then obviously, there are plenty of writers and actors that they're set for life, but yeah, most of them are not. Ninety five percent of them are not set for life. More than that, probably. They're working month to month, year by year, just trying to trying to pay the bills like we all are. And you hope that they can figure it out so that they can get paid, they can get back to work, doing what they want to do, doing what they love to do, doing what they're good at, to keep making incredible projects for all of us to enjoy. You know, we're very lucky to have movies and TV, but I think a lot of studios have taken for granted what it means to people, and especially the people they've taken their their employees and workers for granted. And obviously, that's a common theme in in corporations. But it's it's pretty shocking to see it in this industry, like this this bad, and how little they really care about their employees. Oh yeah, absolutely. Despite what they say on the surface, online, all constantly in their what they say in their movies. Yeah, they do not practice what they preach in these movies. And they preach all these things to you, and then they don't even they don't care at all about anyone yeah. really deep down. All they care about is money. Cheddar, scary. We've been trying to tell people that for years. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about us. It's all fucked up, man. <laughs> but it's basically, that's pretty much all we know right now at the moment, and we'll fill you in again next week 
when more details are cleared up. You know, it'd be cool if we go to when we go to the to the picket lines. We'll bring a microphone, maybe. Yeah, interview some people. Get some audio samples. That sounds fun. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. So maybe maybe we'll bring a mic, bring a little Zoom recorder, and see if we can talk to some people. Get yeah. some get some coverage of what people are saying on the picket lines with on the streets in with the Raiders WGA of Lost podcast. SAG. So that that actually be a lot of fun. Maybe yeah. we'll cover the the picket lines when we go. Yeah, because our our Next buddy, Sunday. our good friend, he's been in the D- WGA for for years with his brother. They're writing partners. And so we're going to join them either Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've been going hard for, for months now. Yeah, that sounds a good idea. It's a wicked I good like idea. It. All right. If anyone has any questions, send them our way. We'll do our best to answer them. We're, we're learning all this just as much as you, but we hopefully gave you some good information opposed to any wrong information you've been seeing on Twitter and TikTok. Obviously, the internet is not accurate 100%. Neither are we. Yeah. But we hope we shed some light on the situation for background on the WGA, SAG, as well as influencers, film influencers, podcasters. What, what a scab really do, is. What a scab really is. Again, we did a, in case you missed it, a month ago, two months ago, we had a captain from the WGA on our show, Christina Wu. She was terrific to talk to. And we got a ton of great information from her about the WGA Back in a month and a half, two months ago, when we did that, and hopefully, maybe, maybe we can get uh, someone in the S in the SAG to come on the yeah. show, and we can get some more information from them. Like a captain would be. Cool yeah, to talk I to. mean, if there's a listener of the show who's a member of SAG, or knows, or if you know yeah. a SAG if, captain yeah. that we could talk to, that would be so cool to have yeah. someone on the show to get their perspective and all of the accurate and authentic information from their side, which would be so cool. And then we could also maybe get an interview with Bob Iger and ask him some questions. <laughs> uh, I got a couple <laughs> questions for you, Bobby. Got a couple questions. What's but, your retainer? How much did you get paid next year? I, I heard twenty. 25 million, then it could go up five times next year. What? Interesting. 125. Funny, possibly? How, funny how that works. Possibly 125 million in one year. It's, it's funny how it's nearly double what they'd have to just pay for the WG. It's, it's funny how that works. What are you making it? a thousand times what the average person makes? He also just uh, extended his contract three yeah. years. But yeah. any, but we'll we'll fill you in on more details going forward. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, it's a troubling time of the industry, but we're just doing our best to keep you informed. So we hope you appreciate this. Take care, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in. Again, we've had some great episodes. If you want to go back, we talk about all the great old movies as well. We had 12 Angry Men on Thursday, which was a blast. This week coming up, we're doing Tron Legacy, which was so fun to talk about. We saw that in theaters. Came out back in 2010. Make me feel so old. And we also did Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 for tomorrow. And we'll also be on Streaming Things podcast this week talking about Mission Impossible and yeah we filmed that like three days ago which was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and again all we do is post bangers you know that (laughs) go through just go through the feed and then then the week after this upcoming week we'll do barbie and oppenheimer and i've been bumping up some older episodes on the feed on spotify and apple wherever you listen so recently i popped up a couple bangers from earlier in the year and last year let me just pull them up real quick to Remember yeah, which you threw like the boys are. up there. And so yeah, last a couple weeks ago I did like Jaws and the boys and and the Departed up there. Is and then recently I popped up Prisoners. I put up to the top of the feed just because it's a banger. And then Top Gun Maverick I popped up high <laughs> in the feed. So just I've been kind of just like putting things higher so, up that well, have been yeah that have been buried yeah. in the feed that are relevant to things coming out. We can what's cool is we can change the publishing date of an episode, and so James will just like publish it to last week. 
even if it came out two years ago, you can change its date, and then I'll just put it on the top of Spotify. Because we have 500 episodes, and I'm, yeah. I'm look like I was going through the feed. I'm like, there's so many bangers from 2021 that aren't yeah. getting really any views anymore yeah. or downloads because we have so much content. Mm-hmm. I understand it's hard. Like people don't want to. And scr- Spotify doesn't have a category system. I hope they yeah. can fix that someday. Like if we could have like classic is- films and horror films and. And, and superheroes favorite episodes most yeah. popular episodes and if Spotify could get like a category not just Spotify everyone Apple yeah they're, that, they're all, that would be just like yeah yeah it's all of them like that's just a, they all just work in a list format yeah like from date so hopefully they they can categorize audio apps in the future but for now this is I think a good alternative yeah so pop up on the feed and check out those bangers and see, what, sure James, see what James says sure, for you. I'm sure plenty of you missed that prisoners episode that came out in February. So it's a good one. Check that out again. Thanks so much for tuning into this special movie news episode about the WGA and SAG strike in Hollywood, what it means going forward, what's happening, all the details. We will keep you updated movie news next week. We'll give you even more information. If we take our microphone, get some sound bites and some, some interviews down on the strike would be super cool at the picket lines. Other than that, hope you all have a great week. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.